Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, and welcome to the Power of You Tele Summit. Once again, we have a beautiful group of women who are going to really inspire you and encourage you. I know you're going to love their stories. You're going to be just set on fire about what they have to say and really help you step into the game, help you step up to the next level. Because these women have a lot to say to you, so let's just get started right away. Let's start with the first one and let her introduce herself, tell her what she does, and give you all a few words of encouragement. Erica, you're first on my screen, so you get to go first. Yay. Oh, wow. Well, hey, guys. I am Erica Coleman. I'm a coach, speaker, author, and minister. I'm the founder of a project called From Vision Board and Beyond. So in that project, I work to empower women to take their lives further than a pretty picture on a board. A lot of times we make vision boards and we don't really realize the power of visualization and how it can really set you on fire to reach your goals. And so after many years of success using my vision board and talking to other women, I thought, you know what, we need to take this further than that. So I work with women in setting goals, um, remaining accountable, and really stepping into their own shine. My motto for uh, 2018 is wake, pray, and shine. That is a great motto. I love that. And Leanne, look for some shirts coming out. I'm waiting, girl. Let me know because you know I will support. Leanne, tell us what you do and what inspires you. Uh, Yes, Uh, I'm Leanne Fuller. I'm the owner of Fuller Life LLC, and I am a women's empowerment coach. I am a speaker and a number one international bestselling author, and I empower women to basically get out of their own way and find their greatness because I know what it's like to be down, and I know what it's like to be kind of rolling around on rock bottom and not knowing what to do, where to go. And I feel that no woman should have to feel that way. So I empower them to get out of their own way and find their own greatness. So they don't have to feel that way any longer. I know what it's like to be on rock bottom and I like to help women launch themselves from rock bottom. That is so powerful because I think of the women who are on this panel, we've probably all been there. And so, and you know, rock bottom is a firm place to start building up because there ain't nowhere to go. You can either go sideways or straight back. There's no further down. And so I think it's a great, it's a great place to start from. But I think one of the powerful things that you said is to get out of her own way. I remember when I was a kid, bullying's been around forever. I won't tell you all my age, but I am proud that I'm in my forties, but when I was younger, we were not from the right side of the tracks. My mother was divorced several times over, and it was just frowned upon in our small town. You know, we got looks, mm-hmm. sideways looks. They would always look when you would walk into the store where my sister and I are going to steal something. You know, it was just not good. And so I remember my grandpa told me that it never mattered what they called me. Whatever label they put on me, whatever name they put on me, that didn't matter. 
it was the ones that I was willing to answer to that mattered. Mm. And for yeah. me, that was the most powerful thing. I remember because I was 13 and, and I was very upset about, I yeah. can't remember as a school dancer or something, but I was very upset about the fact that we didn't have the money for, you know, I could go, but I'd be going in my blue jeans and my tennis shoes that probably were hand-me-downs at the time too. And so my girl right. said, it doesn't matter. Whatever the world has for you, it doesn't matter. It's what you're willing to answer to, what you're, what you're willing to step into and work for. And for me, that yeah. stuck with me 30 some odd years later, because I answered to a lot of names in my life that weren't mine, <laughs> to a lot of labels that you know, weren't mine for a long time. You're, you're so right. You're so right. And we all get caught up in this stigma of poverty and everything that's happened to us in the past. And we need to realize that doesn't define who we are. We make the decision every day to define who we are and move past that. We are meant to struggle in life. We're meant to learn and grow from our struggles, but suffering is a choice. We make the choice whether we're going to learn from our struggles or whether we're going to move on and keep going, learn and grow, or we're going to just be stuck in suffering exactly where we are. Those moments and those things that have affected us in the past, they don't define us. And that's what I love to empower women to get over letting that define us so they can move on and just be their better selves. I think that's so true. I know when I first started speaking, it was, this is where, this is why I say the power of you and the power of our words, because when I first started speaking, here's how I would introduce myself. I'm Teresa Highhard, domestic violence survivor. Well, yes, I'm very proud of that tagline that I, that I survived, but it's not who I am. And God showed me very quickly that it was not where I was supposed to be because that's a niche. That's a stuck spot. That's somewhere where you're cornered in. And that wasn't who I was. It was just a part of my story. I had a whole bunch more. That was just part of it. So I think it's very true that we empower women to realize that who you are today is not very likely. You know, I remember when I got married at 17 and and I was living with him at 16. I remember my grandmother said, the girl you are today will not be the woman you'll be at 30. And I did not understand those words. I said, look. So much truth. (laughs) I will love him to the grave. You don't understand, Granny. You know, that's not true. But I didn't understand the power of those words till I lived it. Because that little girl that dropped out of high school, she wasn't that college graduate at 30. She wasn't that woman that was working three jobs because he wouldn't work. You know, and so I, as I walked my own path, I realized that those words were very profound. That no, that girl I was at 16, that little starstruck, you know, everything's okay. We can live on ramen noodles, girl. <laughs> that wasn't who I was at 30, you know, because I was like, we can live on. Exactly. Y'all know exactly. I couldn't cook. Y'all know I couldn't cook. Amazing. Y'all know I couldn't cook. Ramen noodles was the gambit. How we evolve into some, you know, when I look at my life now, never, ever did I think. You know, never, ever, two-time published author, mm-hmm. best-selling Who is, mm-hmm. they told me I didn't know how to write. They told me I was the run-on queen. You they know, you listen to me. who would have ever thought? Huh? So that was always telling me to sit down and be quiet. All my life, you talk too much. Be mm-hmm. quiet. You're too loud. You're too this. Mm-hmm. And everything that I'm to, God is using it for his mm-hmm. glory. He's mm-hmm. using it to inspire someone else. He's mm-hmm. using it. And that's the thing, you know, about women getting out of their way, like Leanne said, stepping into their shine, 
because yes. we're all here with an incredible story and somebody's watching and somebody needs to hear it. Yes. Teresa, tell us what you do and what inspires you. Um, well, I kind of, I guess, in a way, grew up a lot like you did as far as, uh, you know, with struggling, barely, barely making it. My mom, um, she had uh, put herself through beauty college. My dad was always there, but he was a truck driver and gone. And so she, uh, when she, I guess she married my dad when she was 15 and had me at 16, dropped out of school back then. So she went back and got her GED. She got, went to beauty school. And I actually can remember sitting there helping her learn, you know, reviewing for it. And so she always, you know, I guess kind of gave me the, uh, as far as that is, is, you know, I can do what I set my mind to doing, and I, I can achieve what I want, and it not being necessarily locked in at uh, where you start out in life. And her mom, my my mom, she was uh, probably one of the most loving women I ever knew. Her, she was a type that her door was always open for anybody and everybody, and She'd always give a helping hand. I always kind of wanted to be a lot like her. And so um, in a lot of ways, I I am. I, I suppose I, I'm strong and independent. And uh, I put myself through beauty college and become a licensed hairdresser. And with that in itself, uh, you're kind of a therapist. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't accidentally muted myself. We tell our beauty operators things we don't tell our sisters. I mean, we tell them, all right, especially, yeah, especially yeah. if you like me and you've been gray since 30. So, you know, because I, if y'all, <laughs> but if I didn't put color yeah. in my hair, my oh. hair is solid white. So, you know, oh, that's wow. why I wear color. Yeah. Well, with me, it was more like, because growing up, I I grew up in a, we were real, we struggled to make, you know, to make ends meet and to have food on the table and stuff. And uh, my dad, like I said, was always gone. And my mom was bipolar. So we like, before you knew what bipolar was. So we just never knew what kind of a gamble we were going to wake up to in the mornings. So um, I'd kind of been programmed that you know, as you said, kids were to be seen and not heard. And, you know, I never measured up. Um, then when I guess I put myself through beauty school and I actually graduated with a 100 grade point average was the first time I realized I'm not stupid and that, you know, I might, you know, be able to do something more with my life. And I've always, uh, I've got a good friend that, uh, we our parents were pregnant with us at the same time that's how long we've been friends and I asked her the other day I said do you remember Luann us at Paul Paul's gas station we sitting there on that old-timey typewriter that was the push one that you had to push real hard you know those old black ones mm -hmm. and I said starting my story I said writing I said can you believe that she goes I was just thinking of that I said who would have thought 
that from being eight years old to 56 years old that I would actually become an author and uh, write my story. And um, so mine, I guess I've always had a lot of compassion for people and can relate to them and feel their feel their pain and I've always been a type of person that you know you go in somewhere and I never meet a stranger and you know I have strangers come up to me and tell me their problems and life stories and it's just kind of always been that way that um, I've went I've lived through a lot besides the physical abuse uh, growing up and the mental abuse um, I was sexually abused from the time I was two till I was 12 and then I met my husband uh, when I was uh, 15 and a half fell head over heels in love with him and we got married when I was I turned 17 in April we got married in May and we were married for 18 years until he was killed in an auto accident uh, 21 years ago and it's like you know I I me personally I have tried numerous times to end my life and commit suicide and uh, I've got like I think is it Teresa is it five or six stories that's coming out from different things five that I have lived through through my five. life and five. the last yes. one was when I did commit suicide and God had other plans for me. He, um, they said I flatlined uh, five times and they were able to bring me back. And God told me that, you know, you've got things to do. You've got a story to tell and women to help and uh, you're not going anywhere. So I'm trying to, to feel what I think God's put me here to do. I think that's so powerful because, and y'all, y'all know she be modest because she an international best-selling author, but she does be modest up there in Oklahoma. She's an international bestseller, but um, you know, now that's one of the things I think. Our story, you know, we think our stories aren't important. We think our stories aren't worthy. We think nobody wants to hear them. But I promise you, there's somebody who's been in your shoes. There's somebody, and she thinks she all alone. Just like you thought you were all alone at that moment. When I left my ex, yeah. after 23 years of abuse, I thought I was the only one ever stayed that long. I thought to myself, nobody's ever been this mm -hmm. You know, nobody's ever made this mistake this long. You know, because I, I didn't put myself through mm. school. I worked three jobs. He never worked. I supported us. And yet, I let him still live there, you know. And we all have those those mm -hmm. skeletons in our causes, those things that, you know, we, the reasons we did why we what we did, because we're just doing the best we can at the time. We have no plan. We have exactly. no guidance. And we have, you know, our children did not come with a handbook. We're doing the best we can at the time. <laughs> we try not to be our mamas, and we try not to repeat what they did. And so, and sometimes we go off the other scale because of that. You know, my mother was... They didn't call it promiscuous back then. They had other names for it. But my mother, I had a lot of uncles. And so, you know, and they never came to family reunion. They just showed up for after the bar breakfasts. Uh -huh. And so my deal was, I was going, once I got married, uh -huh. I was going to be married to, I was, I always would say, until I was a widow. I remember I used to joke about it when I was younger. And I would say, God will strike you down before uh -huh. I divorce you. You know, because I'm going to stay married. Because <laughs> staying married never happened in my family. 
my aunts and uncles, they, yeah. they racked up marriages between them. They had like five, six. I mean, you can only be married seven times in state Texas. I had one uncle who's going to have to go out of state for his next one. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just the way it was. It was the norm for me. I had no idea that people stayed married. I had no, and I had no idea uh-huh. what it was like for a man and a woman to live together in the house and what it was supposed to look like because I had never seen that. Nobody yeah. ever stayed. And anytime my mom had a new one, we stayed with my grandparents. And my grandparents were great, but they had separate lives. You know, my my grandma did her thing, and my grandpa did his thing. And even my grandparents were not first marriages. They had been married several times. Uh It was unheard of in the 40s, in the 30s, you know. They they had had marriages. And so for me, that for me that was, I'm going to break this legacy of divorce. I'm going to stay married. And so I stayed married regardless, regardless of how unfaithful he was, mm-hmm. regardless of how abusive he was. I just stayed, you know, because that was, that, was, that was my cross to bear. That was my martyr. You know, and we all have that. We all have that reason mm-hmm. that we stayed. You know, I can tell you, oh, I stayed for my children. Well, I didn't want them to have the life I had with my mother with all these strange people, you know, but. I didn't give them any better life because I listened to my children talk now at 26 and 28 and they knew that man was putting his hands on me. They knew who he was. He's not nice to them. You know, he hasn't, he never wanted children. He was not nice growing up and he's not nice now. And so I didn't save them any heartache because mm-hmm. any, this having a man in the home is not a father. You know, it's different. Yeah. And all those years I thought I was fatherless. It took me a long time to step up and realize I was a child of God. I didn't, you know, my father was a heroin addict. And when, at the end of his life, when he passed, before he passed away, I got a chance to ask him why he left. And his answer to me was more profound than anything because he said, I knew I was going to do more damage to you staying and I was going to do walking out that door. So I left you and your sister and I left y'all alone. Because I knew if, because what would have happened? We'd have been in some drug house every other weekend or with one, you know, he had a lot of girlfriends, one of his druggy girl, and I'm telling him he'd been in and out of the pen. You know, there's no telling what our life would have looked like if he'd have drug us along for his crusades. And so mm-hmm. for me, that was profound because honestly, if I had heard that at younger age, you know, because I kind of put him on a pedestal and said, oh, my mom just can't hard to live with. I know she hard to live with. She hard for me to live with. That's why you can't live with her. You know, I didn't realize what he was. But if I'd known that as a child, if I'd known that earlier, I probably would have picked a better husband because I might have picked somebody who did the complete opposite instead of someone who had the same demons as my father. Because even though my father didn't, wasn't yeah. in home, I married someone just like him, someone who drank, someone who was a drug addict, someone who didn't work. Someone who didn't think bills were a priority. You know, he could live without lights. He really didn't need them. He put a candle up. You know, water was optional. You know, my ex, yeah. had, my ex didn't think you need them every month. You probably just need the lights in the wintertime because you might need heat, you know. But he he could put you a wood-burning stove in there, and then you could cook and all on that. You know, it was like we was living in the 1800s. It was like, no, this is not it. So yeah. I worked three jobs. So my girls would see different. But the thing is, is that our children and, and the girls, not only our kids, but other people's children, they see things that we don't think they see. They see all the cracks and crevices. They see all of the, the problems. And we think we're hiding them. We got our little 
You know, you yeah. see that commercial with the little fake smile faces. We got them on and we're all like, oh, everything's okay. I ran into the cabinet again. Y'all know how clumsy I am. We think that we're hiding something. We think that we're hiding the fact that we can't pay the lights next month. They know. They know we on rock bottom. And if we're honest with them, they yeah. learn from our mistakes instead of repeating them. Because yeah. if my mom had been honest, That's said, your father is a drug addict. That's why he don't live with us. My mother said, well, for the first nine years, my mom said, he's in the Army. Well, he was in the Army for a while there, but then he had been discharged. And she just pretended like he was still on service somewhere, you know, like, we thought he was a hero. We was like, oh, my dad and They were like, the war is over. Where is your father? Everybody has a dad at home. You know, <laughs> they're doing something. You know, yeah. and then she claimed that he would, then he was traveling all the time. Oh, your father is traveling. He, he'll stop by. You know, and we get a random phone call every once in a while because they were divorced. She'd be like, oh, he traveled for his business. You know, and then the biggest lie, y'all gonna love this one. The biggest lie was when she told us he was in pharmaceuticals. So I'm picturing that my father is like one of those traveling salesmen, you know, like for, you know, for fire, for one of the reputable companies. No, my father was a drug dealer, you know, FBI's wow. most wanted number three. That's when she had to get honest. Cause when you make the paper in a small town, everybody knows. One person at your church find out in a small town and it's like a wildfire. They didn't even have cell phones back then. So she calling you on your landline, you know, Everybody knew. And so she had to be honest and she had to tell truth. But I think that's one of the things that we have to learn as women is that we have to own our truths. We got to own our oopses. Yeah. We got to own our mistakes. And we got to own, you know, what we did to get where we are. And then we got to make some changes and some choices to move up from rock bottom. Because we don't want to stay there. Nobody wants to be there. So, Janice, yeah, are you true. on? Hi, I'm on. How are you? One of my Hi, everyone. One of my favorite people in the world. I'm doing great. Janice, how are you? Uh, Tell us what I'm inspires doing great, you. Teresa. Tell what us what inspires me. Uh, what inspires me is the ability and the power of our voices to transcend not only generations but countries, um, people around the world that you know, hear the beauty and power of our words. Um, I am a wellness transformation health coach. Um, I am also a survivor of a very violent um, sexual assault. And before the hashtag Me Too movement, um, I was moved really to, um, I've always said that there's a story behind the story. And I was always very moved to somehow or another you know, get the word out there that, you know, it, it's okay. You know, I'm okay now. I, I've been through hell and through back. And through those experiences, um, I've been able to reach out to so many people. And to me, that is the beauty and the power of this type of telesummit. Um, I'm also an author. Thank you, Teresa Holly Howard. I think it's such a blessing that we've um, met. And I always say, I don't recall exactly where we met, but we, you know, we were meant to, we were meant to meet. Um, we were meant to tell a story. Um, and my story, like many others, is very raw and it's very real. And it's 
something that I live with each day. And my inspiration, honestly, is to keep inspiring those around me because I know that there, <coughs> excuse me, I know that there's somebody out there who has yet to, you know, hear the power of a moving story to hopefully take action within their own lives. And, and God has a plan for me. I know that. And, you know, maybe I just have more of an appreciation of it now. Like I feel that, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid fifties now on the double nickels. And I always think that, um, I always believe that there was so much power in the number of women. And it struck me as I was writing, um, <coughs> excuse me, writing my chapter for another story that I'm working on that, you know, the bravery of these women to come forward. And so I am inspired to keep learning and, and to keep sharing to share this story. However, if somebody's out there to listen, I, I'm here to teach, I'm here to guide and hopefully be that person's support that, you know, that outreaching of, you know, somebody that needs to hear the good word, that there is life after a sexual thought, that there, there doesn't, there isn't a day <laughs> that goes by that I don't think about what happens and there is life there is life to live. There is life to enjoy. And really that's, you know, I hope to continue to do that way past, you know, um, way well into my seventies and eighties and, and, and beyond. So, um, I feel very blessed and honored to be here with all of you and Teresa, you, um, inspire me each day to, to put myself out there. Um, I guess you could say in a way I'm very shy by nature, but I think if you've looked at a lot of the things that I've written and um, hopefully I've been able to do the same and inspire as well. So thank you, Teresa. You're welcome. Leanne, tell us how our listeners can get a hold of you, how they can reach out to you. Uh, yes, they can reach me through my website, uh, lovingyourfullerlife.com, LLC. You can also reach me on Facebook uh, uh, at Fuller Life LLC there. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, I think Fuller Life LLC and I think on Twitter, it's just my name, Leanne Fuller. So they can reach me there uh, on my website. I do have like a free opt-in that just gives you 10 daily tips for living a happier, fuller life. Um, and I work with them one-on-one. -on -one. I'd invite anybody to do a free discovery call with me uh, just to see what it is that they're looking for, what's standing in their way, and we can go from there. Sounds great. Teresa, tell us how they can get a hold of you if they want a copy of your book or if they want you to come speak at one of their events. Okay, you can find me on uh, on my Facebook, uh, either under Teresa Lynn Macbeth Gortney, 
or uh, Cowgirl Tees Inspiration is my author's page. Um, my email is uh, capital T-L-G-W-A-R-T-N-E-Y at gmail.com. And uh, so you can get me at, at either on my Facebook page or my uh, email. Okay, sounds great. Janice, tell us how they can get a hold of you. Um, yes, I, I am on Facebook as well as Twitter, um, Instagram, um, and I'm also available via email, Janice, J-A-N-I-S dot Melillo, M-E-L-I-L-L-O at gmail.com. Thank you. And I was going to have you spell that last name because you know I have the worst time with it. I always mix it. I always mix um, up the hell every time. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, uh, my last name is Malillo, which is spelled M-E-L-I-L-L-O, and I live on Malillo Circle. I know. So I unfortunately, I don't get a lot of my mail because <laughs> everybody that lives on Malillo Circle is a Malillo. Yep. Erica, tell us how they can reach you, how they can get a hold of you. Oh, awesome. You can find me everywhere on I am Erica Coleman. So it's spelled out I am Erica Coleman. That's my website, my Instagram, my Periscope, my Facebook, and my Twitter. No, that's the best branding. When everything matches. Yeah. And even my email address is I am Erica Coleman at gmail.com. That is the best branding. When everything is the same, it is just, that's it. I mean, it makes the most yes, the easiest branding and people, they may not remember which one you gave them, but they'll remember that, that it is I'm Erica Coleman and they can find you anywhere because they'll just start yes, you. So yes, thank you all for being I, you know, it's funny. Uh -huh. The other young ladies in Oklahoma, I'm in Oklahoma as well. Yes, y'all need to connect. You are. Yeah, and I'm in Enid once a week. Yeah, y'all need You're to connect. What now? I come to Enid, Oklahoma once a week. Oh, okay. Uh, I live just outside of uh, Edmond, east of oh, Edmond. Really uh, we need to meet yeah. for coffee or something. Yeah, y'all need to get that together. That would be great. Awesome. Ladies, thank y'all so much for coming on and being a part of the Telesummit. Um, if you haven't already sent me your 200 words of inspiration, please do. You can email it or drop it in my messenger because I'm preparing the magazine article this week. So I hope that everybody will get theirs in because I hate to have to be the school teacher and message you that your assignment is tardy. <laughs> I, believe so. I, think yeah, I, have, okay. I believe I've got mine in, right? Yes, I saw. I have yours. Y'all have a blessed night, and thank okay. you so much for being a part of it. And I'll shoot y'all the links as soon as it's up. Y'all tell everybody bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.